0: Scripture this morning is in your bulletin. It'll be three passages from Genesis. I'll begin with Genesis 11, 1 through 9. Please stand for the reading of God's Word. Now, the, the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, And they have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they purpose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down there and there confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. In Verse 27. Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah fathered Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran fathered Lot. Haran died in the presence of his father Terah in the land of his kindred in Ur of the Chaldeans. And Abram and Nahor took wives, But when they came to Haran, they settled there. The days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Genesis 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated.
1: Father, would you be with us now as we uh, hear your word and think about you? about jesus together it's in jesus name i pray amen so i have a couple of questions for you this this will be interactive uh, my, my question to start with is, so as we consider uh, the players on these two teams tonight, the Eagles and the Chiefs, as they're preparing, as they've been preparing all season, in a sense, for tonight's Super Bowl, what, here's my question for you, what do you think has driven them to pour all this work and time in to prepare for this game? What, what are they after? These are all the same question, by the way. What's driven them? What are they after? What do they hope to get from winning? What does winning the Super Bowl promise them? What are some of your thoughts? World. What? World. A trip to Disney World. Parade. Okay. Parade. What else? Parade. Oh, a parade. Yes. Yeah. Fame? Good. What? Okay, here, here's a trick. Pastor Jimmy's left ear is completely dead, which means he has no idea where sound is coming from. So what you have to do is when you talk, you have to wave at me so I know where, who's talking. Sorry, I should have warned you. So say something again, but raise your hand so I can see you. Money. Yes, money. A couple of you. Anything else? What a, prestige. Prestige. Glory! Yes. Immortality. That's the way they talk about it, isn't it? Yes. This is historic. Okay, those are all great. Um, those are all the things that winning the Super Bowl promises them money, fame, acclamation, parades, immortality, achievement. Um, and you know what? We're, we're not any different than they are, are we? We all live by promises. We all live and make plans based on something that's promised to us that we hope for. For example, we do it with big things, the biggest plans in our lives. When we think about uh, getting married, we're going to look for someone who we think promises us the best possibility of a great, fruitful marriage and life together. Um, We pick our colleges and our degrees based on what they might promise us in the future, right? These are all big decisions, big plans that we make. Uh, Where we choose to live, perhaps, um, is driven by the promise that we see that living in that place will fulfill for us. But it also happens in in the smaller thing. So the other night, Christine and I drove around downtown Chattanooga uh, for 30 plus minutes, trying to figure out where we were gonna eat. And the reason it took us so long to figure it out is because we were thinking of which place would promise us uh, the best atmosphere, the best uh, food. And of course, we each had our own different kind of promises we were looking to fulfill there which made it difficult to decide on one. So even in the small things, uh, choosing a place to eat, uh, we're, we're looking for what will that promise us. Even the small things of you come home from work, and what do you want when you come home from work? Rest. Rest. Yeah. And do you get it? <laughs> I love, Jada is on. She's on it today. No, you want rest. And so you, you start to make plans. What is, what is going to help me get the most promised rest that I can get? Is it going to be uh, Netflix? Is it going to be putting the children in a closet somewhere? I don't know. We don't do that. Um, perhaps rest for you is playing with the kids. That's great. Maybe it's just sitting on the couch and scrolling on your phone. Even the small plans we make are plans that are driven by promises uh, that we hope for. So the people who built the Tower of Babel were no different than us. They're just like us. Their plans and their purposes were driven by promises they hoped would be fulfilled. So I want to I look at that really quick in those first nine verses of chapter 11. Um, They had plans, and those plans had a purpose, and those plans and purposes were aimed at a promise, okay? So, real quick, I'm gonna do this part, and then I'll have some interaction in a minute. So one of their plans was, let us build, a city. And another plan was in that city to build a tower whose top would reach the heavens. And by the way, on that, it's not sure whether it it means that they would build it so high, they thought that it would go so high that it would reach the heavens. It It could be The way the Hebrew works, it could mean that uh, what was typical was to build these ziggurats, these stair-stepped sort of pyramid-like towers, um, and on top they would put the zodiac signs um, because uh, the people of Babylon were moon god worshipers. They were into astrology, so we're not sure whether the heavens were on top of the ziggurat, the pyramid, the tower, or whether they thought the tower would reach into heaven. Either way, it was some, some kind of way to reach heaven. So they had plans to build a city. They had plans to build a tower. The purpose for building a city was uh, that they would not... <laughs> you need to know Egyptian hieroglyphics to read my writing. I'm sorry not be dispersed, spread out. They wanted to stay together, right? And the purpose of building a tower was to make a name for themselves. All right? So, here is what I'm going to... uh, Conclude the promises are that they were trying to fulfill. Um, To build a city so that they could stay together and not be dispersed could give them security. Building a tower that is impressive using their technology, uh, actually it it says in there that they were going to make bricks They'd gone beyond using stone, natural stone. To, they had developed technology to make their own bricks so that they could build even higher and taller uh, and not be dependent on stones. Um, so they were trying to do something amazing that hadn't been seen before and make a name for themselves. Um, perhaps, the promise, perhaps that promised them significance in the world. Um, another way of saying another way of saying what was promised by not being dispersed was that they would have community together. And perhaps another uh, promise for building a tower making a name for themselves is that they would have a mission something that they're doing together. Well, Here's another way of saying all of these things that I, I have. Um, when I used to teach middle schoolers, I came up with this, and it actually helps me. Um, you've heard me say this before. Um, the promise was that they would be someone special to someone else. That community, that security of this is our tribe. We are together so that they could be someone special. Down here, building this tower to make a name for themselves that's significant is to do something, something special. It was a promise that they could be someone special and do something special. And maybe one other way of saying each of these is, is, the, pro- is the promise. That they would belong, the promise that they could build. So you can see how their plans had a purpose that was driven by a promise. Um, I wanna ask you real quick do you notice anything about these things that they were, uh, that these plans and purposes? Promised them. Is there anything familiar about these uh, from our earlier study in Genesis to you? Have you seen these things before? Obviously, you have, because I think you have. So, where do you think you've seen them before? In the garden. Right. Any idea how we saw them in the garden? Uh, before the fall or after? Before the fall. Before Adam and Eve sinned, we saw these things. Okay, I'll tell you. Um, when God made Adam and Eve, remember, we said that he made them to relate. Well, let me put it up here. Relate. said It is not good for man to be alone. God wanted, God made men and women to be in relationship with him and with one another in community, but also he made them to rule with him. He told them, have dominion over all of these things, all of these resources I've given you, and guard and keep this garden I've given you. Do something special with it, um, with me. Do something special uh, together in the world that I've given you. So, Here's what's interesting. What the people who were building the Tower of Babel, what they're aiming for is what they were made for. They were made for these things. But what's different? What's the difference between what they were doing here in chapter 11 and what God had made Adam and Eve for in chapters 1 and 2? What do you see as different? Okay, selfish, what else? On their own terms, absolutely. Who's missing? God is missing. Adam and Eve were meant to have these things in fellowship, in relationship, and in their dependence on God. So God had promised these things for them. That's what he made them for. And yet... Here we find all the way, the author, uh, Moses, is purposeful, the Holy Spirit is purposeful to bring us all the way to to chapter 11, to the end of this horrific story that started in chapter 3 about sin corrupting people and things and places. Um, It all kind of builds to a head at the Tower of Babel to say, the sin of Adam and Eve, to do what God made them to do without God has come to full fruition right here. The whole world is doing what Adam and Eve did at that tree. say, no, we want, um, we want this and we want this, but we don't want you. We'll get it ourselves. Um, that's, that's where they are. Now, what we all know, though, is that that continues, doesn't it? Let's just think for just a minute. We all still do this, right? People today still want to belong and build. People still want to be someone special and do something special. We still want to be a part of a community that's on a mission. That's what a Super Bowl team is, isn't it? It's a community on on a mission. Um, We all want to do this. We still uh, have these purposes not to be dispersed and to make a name for ourselves. But what are some of the plans, modern day, today plans? Bless you. What are some of the ways that we, what are some of the plans we make to get these things? Let's start with um, belonging and community and security. And I mean plans apart from God. Say it again. Okay. Look, social media, right? Social. We're, we're looking to be connected. What are some other ways? Oh, raise your hand, I'm sorry. Yes? Clubs, organizations. Sure. Um clubs, teams, whatever. Um
0: or profession so we, wanna, we wanna do start something we want to do to live make a living and then you wanna develop it
1: to maximize the return on the investment. Absolutely. And and Tom, I'm going to put that one down here. Um, our profession. Now, we want we want to do something special with our gifts and talents and education, and we want to invest in something that will have a return later on, like you're saying. But it's interesting um, when I when I have coffee with men and women who are in uh, the. Corporate world, or business world, or work world, whatever it is, um, the the number one frustrating thing for people at work is people at work, <laughs> right? Um, work would be great if the people would get along. Um, and so, really, at work, we want both. Um, what about what about my uh, teenage friends? What are some? What are some teenage ways we do these things if you're so bold as to jump in with me? Clothing where would Where would you put that? Yeah, um, back in my day at Charlotte Christian School, if you wanted to be in with the right crowd, you had to have a little alligator on your shirt. Just saying. With your Levi's corduroys. Um, What are some others? Education. Education. Yeah. I think we'll put that one down here. Right. Right. I get the right job, get the right degree, get the right job, then that, that's how it goes, right? So, um, the people at the Tower of Babel were just like us. Now, here's where Abram comes along. Was, was Abram better than these people? No. Guess what? Where does it say Abram's family was from? Ur of the Chaldeans? Well, the Chaldeans is a Bible name for Babylon, which is where Babel is. That's what Babel is. It's the beginning of Babylon. Um, uh, Ur of the Chaldeans was over there in what is modern-day Iraq. Um, and so, guess what? Abram's family was right along with all these other people, um, most likely moon god worshipers, until God called him and said, go. Now, let's think about that for just a few minutes. Um, Some fascinating things about these passages. Um, The people at the Tower of Babel said, come. God said to Abram, go. (laughs) This whole, if you think about these two uh, stories, Tower of Babel and the calling of Abram, Tower of Babel is, the the movement is inward and upward. Um, the, The movement of, God coming to Abram is down to send him out. God comes down and calls him to send him out. Uh, It's it's the difference between the Tower of Babel people saying, come, come on, let's stick together. um, And God saying, no, I want you to go. Because what they were doing was defying God's command to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And God, in his grace... Um, number one, wouldn't let it work for them. He came down, and it's kind of an ironic insult uh, to the people who built the tower that God didn't... This is all, you know, anthropomorphic, but God didn't... It was such a great tower, God couldn't see it. He had to come down and get a closer look. Um, it's kind of a, a slam on them. Um, but God came down and he wouldn't let them achieve these things without him. In fact, Paul will say later that God has appointed every person's time and place and boundaries, wherever they are, he scattered them at Babel, and wherever they are, he has put them, Paul said, so that perhaps they would seek him. And so... Friends, God will frustrate our plans to do this without him, because in His grace, He wants us to seek Him. He wants these things for us, but only with him and through him and him in us. And so His grace, he frustrates them, but in His grace, He chooses Adam. Because, I mean, Abram, ah, because Abram will continue God's promise in Genesis 3:15, that an offspring of the woman would be the one who reverses everything that Adam and Eve's sin um, undid. Um, And so, God chose Adam. I mean, Abram, I keep saying. But Abram is like an Adam, isn't he? Um, And here's what God said. God says to Abram, Go. And uh, that word go is actually the word walk. Um, It's the same word that was used in Genesis 3 when it said God walked in the cool of the garden with Adam and Eve. It's the same word used in chapter 5 where we talked about Enoch walked with God. It's the same word used to describe Noah that we talked about last week, that Noah walked with God. It's the same word that God will use again uh, that Moses will use again in chapter seventeen, uh, where God says to Abram, to Abraham, "Walk before me." Um, he says to Abram, "Walk." So let me uh, let me show you what God's plan is. Bless you. See, in Abram's story, God does everything, and Abram responds. It's very different from the Tower of Babel. God's plan is that Abram would go, and he would walk. With him wherever he takes him. His purpose for Abram as he's going is that he would be a blessing. He says that when he says, um, in Verse 2, he says, so that you will be a blessing. That's actually a command. You will be a blessing. Be a blessing. That's his purpose for him. And then he backs it all up with all these promises. I will. He says it over and over and over again. Um, The people uh, at the Tower of Babel said, let us make... God says, I will make to Abram. I will, I will, I will. Here's all the promises that God gave Abram. I will bless you. I will make you a great nation. I will make your name great. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who dishonor you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Five times the word bless or blessing is used in these Verses to counter the five times the word curse is used in chapters 3 through 11. This is what our God does. We try to do it all without Him, and He comes and He plucks us out of our God, forget it, God forgetfulness. And He says, No, I will. I will. Now you go. You go. I will bless you. Now you go walk before me, and wherever you walk, wherever I send you, you be a blessing to those people. I'm running out of time, so uh, I'm going to keep going uh, pretty fast. Um, there's there's so much here. It's so much fun, um, but let's let's think about this um, a little bit more. So. Abram, is Abram the one that they were looking for? The seed of the woman who would crush the serpent's head and reverse everything? He's not. Is he? Jesus is. Let's think for just a few minutes. Let's look at Jesus. Uh, It's amazing how much Jesus' story fits with what God uh, said to Abram. Let me just... I'm going to go fast. Are you ready? If you need these verses, you can come back to me for them. Um, God said to Abram, go. You know what? God said the same thing to Jesus because in John chapter 20 and 21, Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. Jesus was sent just as Abram was sent. Um, God told Abram, go from your father's house. Well, Jesus was sent from his father's house. In fact, Jesus told the disciples the night before he was crucified, he said, I'm going back to my father's house to prepare a place for you. God told Abram, I will make a great nation from you. 1 Peter uh, 2 tells us that we, the church, are the great nation that God made through Jesus Christ. God told Abram, uh, I will bless you. At Jesus' baptism, um, he came up out of the water. The Holy Spirit came down on him like a dove. By the way, the Spirit hovered over the waters of creation. The Spirit uh, hovered over the waters after the flood. And now the Spirit is hovering over Jesus, as he comes up out of the waters, and he said to Jesus, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So just as God blessed Adam and Eve when he created them, just as he blessed Noah and his family when they came out of the ark, he blessed his son and said, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Um, the word blessing... Uh, comes from a Hebrew Hebrew word that has to do with the knees. So to be blessed by God, to be in a blessed relationship with God, is to be, in a sense, on your knees before him, ready to receive all of the goodness he is willing to pour out on you. It's, It's to come to him with a humble and contrite heart, a needy, hungry, and thirsty heart, and to say, I will take all the blessing you will give me. And that's the posture Jesus had. God told Abram, I will make your name great. Philippians 2, Paul says that Jesus, not um, counting equality with God as something to be grasped, made himself a servant and made himself obedient to death, even death on the cross for us. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name. And the Father has made Jesus' name great. God told uh, Abram, you will be a blessing. Um, Listen to what Peter said in a sermon in Acts chapter 3. He's talking to the Jews. He says, you are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to you first to bless you. How? How would he bless him By turning every one of you from your wickedness. Turning every one of you from your tower of babbleness, your God forgetfulness, and turning you to himself. That's how Jesus would be a blessing to his people. And of course, all the spiritual blessings of Ephesians. Uh, God told Abram, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. Um, It's interesting that it, The blessing part is, he he says it in the plural, I will bless the many who bless you, and I will curse, that singular, the one who curses you. So we, the many who are blessed in Jesus, receive God's blessing because we we bless him by trusting him, following him. But the one, the serpent, uh, will be cursed. Um, And finally, God told Abram, in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. And friends, at the end of all things, um, when everything is done, in fact, this is what worship is looking like right now in heaven. Revelation tells us um, that they are singing a new song to Jesus in which they sing, you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God. And then in chapter 7, it says, I look and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation and all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, not to my tower building. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. In Jesus, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And he reverses Babel, where all the families of the earth were dispersed and confused. And when did that take place? I know you know. When when did um, all the families of the earth begin to come together in Christ? What event? Pentecost. Pentecost. Acts chapter 2. When the Spirit came, um, they all began to speak in all these different languages, known languages of the time. And then there's this list in Acts chapter 2. Go read it this afternoon. Of all the places that they came from, all the nations, it says, that they came from. And they heard... The good news about Jesus, who is the one who God promised in Genesis 3.15, who would come. Jesus is the one who reverses Babel, and he brings people from all these different tongues that that God had used to to, uh, subdue rebellion, and he brings them in submission to Jesus, and so all the families of the earth will be blessed in Jesus, and we will all um, share in a common language of praise to Jesus. So as we finish here, what, what does this have to do with us? Well, um, we um, we who are in Christ receive all the blessings that were promised to Abram. Listen to what Paul says in Galatians chapter 3. He says, Abram believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Know then, Paul says, that it is those of faith in Jesus who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles, that's us, by faith, Preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham. Saying, this is how God preached the gospel to Abraham. In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. In other words, Abraham didn't know exactly about Jesus like we know clearly who he is. But Abraham knew That somehow, through his line, all the families of the earth would be blessed. Abraham knew the promise of Genesis 3.15. Abraham heard that good news, that gospel, that God was going to do it. And what was his response? Faith. He believed him. He trusted what God said he would do to provide all these blessings that that he had promised. Um, and those who are of faith, us, are blessed along with Abraham. All those blessings to him are blessings to us, his people, the church. We are blessed along with Abraham. And so, you know, a couple of weeks ago I said that the purpose of looking at these these people in the Old Testament is not to be like them, be like Joseph, be like Moses. (coughs) That's still true. In one sense, you don't want to say be like Abraham because you know what he did right after this? He and his wife went to Egypt and he was afraid because she was beautiful that they would kill him to take her. And so he told her to tell everybody, you're my sister. And they did this whole thing. And he does that twice. Another time, Abraham and Sarah came up with this plan. Hey, there's no baby coming, so why don't you... Take my handmaiden, Hagar. So to say be like Abraham is kind (laughs) of risky. The truth is we are like him. But there is a sense in which I believe the scriptures and God is calling us to be like him, and that is be like him in his response to all the promises, to all the I wills, to all that God has promised that he would do ultimately through Jesus, respond to him in faith. Trust him and walk. Walk with him. That's what he told him to do. Go. And in order to walk into these unknown places that God told Abraham to walk, Hebrews says he had to do it by faith. And what did Abraham do? We didn't read it, but verse 4 of chapter 12 says, So Abraham went, as the Lord told him. And that word went is the same word, walk. God said, walk, and trust me, and as you walk, be a blessing. And Abraham walked. He walked with God. So how does this help you tomorrow? Um, It helps you tomorrow by saying that you belong to a God who has promised you all the things that you're really made for. He's promised that he will, he in Christ makes you one who belongs and has made you one by the power of his spirit who builds, who does something special with your life. But you do it with him. Um with one another, uh, you, you trust that as you do what he says, he will, he will, he will, he will do all these things that he has promised. Um, he will hold you up, bear you up, empower you by his spirit to do the things he's called you to do tomorrow. So, like Enoch, like Noah, like Abram, walk with God into the land that he will show you. Wherever you go tomorrow, to school, to work, back to the house, in the neighborhood, walk with Him. Walk independence on, not independently of Him, but in dependence on Him. Live life with Him, knowing that He promises He's with you and He's given you all you need in Jesus. Father, would you do that for me? Because I so often fall back into that tower of Babelism, where I'm, I'm trying to get, even trying to get the good things that you've made me for but I'm trying to get them without you and um, what you ask me to do is trust you for those things and walk with you by faith in the places you put me and to be a blessing in those places you put me by the power of your spirit. Uh, Father, I pray that you would take all of that, <laughs> um, all of that. And I know it's a lot, but it's so rich and so good. And would you, would you individually help each person in this room uh, understand what you're trying to say to them today? Um, and then as we come to this table, would you encourage us that uh, you have provided Jesus for us and he is everything for us in our place that you called Abram to be, that you've called us to be. So help us uh, to rest on in, in him. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.